Hey everybody, it's Jake, and I am alone in the basement. Uh, for today, it's going to be the uh, second of back-to-back -back episodes featuring talent that mainly stays in truly independent wrestling out in Pittsfield, Mass. Although this guy today uh, gets a, a little out there too, but Benjamin Blackwell the same. None of these guys are, are held down to one place. But today we're going to be talking to Guy Sadlowski, uh, known for his stuff in TIW. Uh, also know more in my area for his work in NYCW. Uh, really talented guy. Uh, uh, just an all-around good guy. Everything I've heard about him is is that he's a, is an awesome guy, and I can't wait to talk to him and uh, you know see what his career's been like so far. Uh, that's pretty much all I got for this intro. Uh, you know the deal by now. Just sit through the ad, and then on the way back, we'll be talking to Guy Sadlowski. All right, hold on, guys. All right, everybody, and we are back with Guy Sadlowski. As I was saying in the opener, um, you know, mostly out of TIW in Pittsfield, but also makes his way to NYCW and some other places. He's uh, a guy I really enjoy, uh, and I'm, I'm super pumped to have you here, man. I'm pumped to be here. How's it going, brother? <laughs> Not too bad. You? Oh, awesome. Awesome. Living the, uh, you know, quarantine life, as they say. Yeah, the, to the best of the ability we can, right? Hell Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we'll uh, we'll just get to like the normal routine parts of the questions. <laughs> now, uh, right, cool. was there a moment where when you were watching, you knew that wrestling had hooked you or was it just something you've been watching for a while? Uh, so the the oldest memory I have of wrestling is watching Bret Hart. And uh, he he's kind of what what hooked me. This was like a. Mid nineties, I, I was really young. Um, you know, I, my my parents would put me to bed at at whatever time. Be like, but I can't sleep without the TV on. So boom, I was up really late watching Monday Night Raw every, you know, one. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just remember watching wrestling and thinking, "Geez, I really want to do this." Now, was Bret Hart your first favorite wrestler? Uh, yeah, when I was young, that was that was the coolest guy. I mean, he comes out with the sunglasses, always gives them to the kid, and I was always so jealous. You know, I wanted to be that kid. Just one day, I would be that kid. That was that was a dream. It wasn't even to be a wrestler. I just wanted to be the kid in the front row getting his sunglasses and be like, yes, Bret Hart. But he he's what really you know got me into the business. And then and then. Uh, Watching him and and Shawn Michaels, their their feud and everything, because because at, at that age I could kind of see what was going on. I'm like, oh, this kid's young and pretty, and <laughs> and you know, I I knew he's he's gonna be the uh, the cool guy that everybody's gonna like. And Bret Hart was the cool guy, and everybody liked him. So now he's getting shafted. So so I understood his his heel turn, and I, I was that was the only bad guy I think I've ever cheered for in my life really i i genu generally like um i'm the kind of guy who wants wrestling and and wants to believe it's real for a little bit so so i'm not gonna cheer mjf out of respect for how good he is at being a heel i'm gonna boo the hell out of him out of respect you know yeah i get you and uh i was a, a huge brett fan as a kid too uh i even had the like full-sized cardboard cutout and was the envy of all yeah. my friends for having that thing. And actually, uh, when I was moving into my house now, I finally gave it away to my best friend who was a bigger Bret Hart fan than me. So I felt like that was deserved. That's so unreal. And you Bret Hart's been like, I, 
I go, you know, to uh, NYCW, and and there's this one one older fan that I have that you know came over to me and said something of Russian leg sweep, and and that completely I do the Russian leg sweep every match I possibly can because of Bret Hart, and I'm like, oh yeah, I love Bret, and we got talking, and Bret Hart was the t- topic of. You know, three, four matches worth this old lady hanging out at my merch team. I freaking love her. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, uh, did you have some other favorites while growing up? And are they still favorites of yours? Um, growing up, I I mean, um, as I got older, you know, I watched DX and and uh, Nation of Domination. And I, I thought factions were really cool. And the Heart Foundation and... Um, any of the really big groups were cool. And then, uh, you know, I was probably like 9, 10 when the corporate ministry was happening. So I was watching wrestling at an age when I probably shouldn't have been, especially that era. Yeah. You know, um, definitely not the most kid-friendly era to be watching. Like, sometimes we'll go back with, with my kids who are 6 and 10 and watch a, a old WWE show or back then WWF. And... Uh, it, Basically, I'll have to skip two or three segments. You know, here's the bra and panties match. Here's the, uh, you know, other segment where the women are going to be subject to, you know what I'm saying. And, oh, yeah. And uh, so so we have to skip certain segments that, you know, as as a young boy at the time, I was like, oh, cool. Mom and dad aren't in the room. <laughs> yeah. And but, I've been critical of the Attitude Era a lot. And I, there are some things that just don't age well at all. And those are some of them. Right. Especially right. when you want to relive the good parts of it with your kids and you're like, oh, shit, I got to skip this now. <laughs> yeah. yeah this, and and even when it gets to, like, the uh, chair shots to the head and, and my kid's like, you know, wow, how did that not hurt What do you mean? <laughs> what, you know, but... And and my my son is probably you know the biggest ten old mark you could possibly find, and I blame myself partially. But you know, we'll be watching Raw or something, and he'll just glance up at me when something and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I saw it, you know. But it's yeah, it's it's just it's still crazy. But at least you know one of my favorite things now is being able to enjoy watching it with my kids. But they're only three, so they don't really get it to the extent right. of your kids <laughs> right right yeah i know if if i were living in the 90s right now i late 90s i don't think i would be letting my son watch wwe and, and not wcw either because they were doing some cringeworthy stuff oh, at the yeah. time too but i mean that was all you know that was the uh demographic they were all going for at the time so it it makes sense. Exactly. It doesn't matter whether you're watching, you know, WWF, WCW, or ECW. It was right, all right. Was pretty much a similar product. It was just who was doing it better. Exactly. Exactly. So what was it that made you decide you wanted to be a pro wrestler? It was just something you always wanted to do? Uh, well, um, when I was, you know, 14 or 20-ish uh, years old, you know, I got a job when I was 14, and I, I kind of stopped wrestling and and fell out of watching it. And then uh, we we got cable. Uh, my son's three years old, and I'm flipping through channels, and I'm, I'm like, oh, oh, geez, wrestling. <laughs> I haven't seen this shit in forever. And so I'm thinking to myself, you know, I was probably this age when, when I started wrestle, watching wrestling, and 
And I started watching and I realized, you know, this is this is different. You know, this isn't uh, all right. What what segments do I have to change the channel abruptly for? Uh, you know, so I, I watched probably up until about 2004 ish and, and I missed everything till 2010. And what what I've seen, I didn't really miss much. Um, I, I guess I missed the start of the CM Punk era. Yeah. But I, I mean, now when I, you know, when I turned 20, got back into wrestling, that's when I discovered that there was far more wrestling than WWE. Oh, yeah. I saw, you know, I started watching New Japan at that time and Chikara, which just blew my mind with how wrestling could be a comic book and and just fun, that fun while being wrestling. Yeah, and the options that are available to us now are, are, you know, even more plentiful. And there's there's just so much great stuff out there. We're really lucky to, you know, be alive in the era that we are. Absolutely. Now, what um, when you were looking for schools, what made you go to the wrestling school you chose? Um, honestly, 100% was uh, the convenience of living in Pittsfield and the school being in Pittsfield, Mass. Like, it was... Uh, about a five-minute drive from my house, and uh, I, I, I had two kids, you know, a full-time job. I couldn't really travel to another wrestling school, so I wouldn't be a wrestler today if it wasn't for truly independent wrestling. Now, did you know CJ and Lance before you went to the school? The only connection I had was was actually Danny Adam, who I worked my shoot job with. And, uh, you know, he told me, hey, man, we got wrestling shows, you know, in Pittsfield. And I was like, oh, shit. So I, I think I brought my son to um, it might have been the uh, April. It was either March or April show that I brought my kids to. Uh, and and it was awesome. It was it was so cool. Uh, the next month, I went with Tim before the show, helped set stuff up, and uh, took my first bumps in a wrestling ring. And uh, then finally started training in uh, July of 2017 when they officially opened the school in the Berkshire Mall. And uh, you know, weird connection thing. It was it's the same one I have with Danny Adam, but that ring that you took your first bumps in is the ring I took my last bump in. I I heard that when I was listening that, to that uh, podcast, and that is awesome. Right? <laughs> That's fantastic. Now, uh, what was your training with CJ Scott like? Uh, it was, I mean, three days a week, three hours a day. Um, at, at the beginning, it was really just doing bumps and then and hip toss, arm drag, body slam, run the ropes, more bumps, more, you know, and just repeating the simple basic stuff over and over. Basically training your body to try to feel as little pain as you possibly can when taking a bump. Uh, you know, because as, as a wrestling fan, we all have had to explain to a friend's family don't understand, you know, uh, when they drop the, the F word, you know, which some people find offensive, but, you know, I, I just think it's a, a ignorant word to say fake, you know, when it pertains to wrestling. You just, you just don't know what's going on. Sure, it's predetermined, 
and everything, but but dropping that F word, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm the same so... way. It's I mean I get that there are predetermined endings, but nothing about what happens in the ring is fake because it hurts. It, there's no denying that you're going to be in pain from the things that you do, which I guess in a way makes it like even weirder that we love it so much <laughs> because we're literally hurting ourselves for other people's enjoyment into something that we can't necessarily win. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And half the time, you know, you're, changing after the show and then you know the promoter comes up with your check and you're oh yeah i forget i get this that's awesome <laughs> you know because it's, it's not about the money i mean if i sell one or two shirts in in a rest you know in an intermission i'm jumping up and down for joy man like hell yeah but but it i mean it's it's more about just chilling out there hanging out with the fans like like i said i i had like a Three, three, maybe four. It was everything after intermission until she pretty much left the show that I talked to this lady about Bret Hart and how much we both love Bret Hart. And I would have never made this connection, you know, and gotten to have this awesome conversation if it wasn't for this. Yeah, and that's to me the most special thing about wrestling is the relationships we make. Absolutely. And no other job can you re, you know, uh, however often you go to a company, meet and make friends with 30, 40 new people that you never met before. It, it doesn't happen. No. Except wrestling. Exactly. It, it doesn't happen anywhere like that. So we got to, you know, take... The, the, there are negatives, but the positives usually outweigh Absolutely. everything. Now, uh, what were some of the influences... Uh, in your look from both like wrestling and non-wrestling things? Because you definitely stick out with your appearance. Um, so the uh, the whole idea of I Sadlowski name and everything actually came from Lance Madewell, uh, one of my trainers. And it, it's basically all a play on look like the dude okay. from the that, Big Lebowski. I was wondering if that what it was supposed to be. <laughs> It, like uh, the the green drink that I come out with is his white Russian. Of course, it's not as uh, it's, it's not in five years I might be able to come out with a joint or something. But <laughs> for now, we can only have alcoholic beverages. That's a whole topic we don't need me to get into. But <laughs> uh, yeah, the green drink basically is my uh, my beverage, and. Um, we we did one promo when we were still all the prospects. It was you know me, Danny, and uh, Corbin Dane, the Dillon Street Boys, and Samuel Bolt and Ryan Duke. We were the prospects. We were basically uh, the equivalent of Nexus coming into TIW, and uh, we we did a thing where uh, I lost some money, and so they dumped my head in a bowl of water and they were like where's the money said lowski it, it was fun we did a lot of really stupid plays on my character okay here's a better connection then between you and i i'm an ordained dudist priest no way yep no oh that's nuts and i performed two weddings three weddings three no <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, the Big Lebowski is my favorite movie. 
That's freaking awesome, man. <laughs> it, that I mean, when when I showed up at, at NYCW, there were these like there was this group of you know uh, probably about thirty year olds. They they completely got the gimmick. I come to the first time; they've never seen me before. They're like, "It's the dude!" Oh my god! And and I mean, since since the beginning, I've just branch off of that because I I don't want to just straight jack dude, but it really is me. To an extent, I mean, I, most of my friends would call me the the biggest stoner they know, um, and and I just like to chill. I mean, now now that you know I'm stuck at home and don't have a job, I really can live the dude lifestyle, and it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the dude was one of those movies where, it, as it, I mean, when I first watched it, it was like a little after it came out. And, you know, nine-year-old me isn't going to necessarily fucking get it. But, <laughs> right, right. But as I got older, I went back. I was like, holy shit, this guy's, you know, he's got it figured out. I need to be more like this guy. Because my, my anxiety can get fucking crazy sometimes. So I always try to, right, right. you know, live like a Lebowski. And <laughs> just do my best to to just chill and, and not let things bother me. Because nothing fucking matters anyway. <laughs> Right, right. And I bring, I mean, I bring that into the wrestling style because, uh, I mean, I'm not out there punching people in the face. I'm trying to chain wrestle. I use a lot of the catches, catch can to just subdue my opponent. Be like, okay, you can now quit because you can either not move, you can't do anything about that. That's how it's going to be. Now, when I get punched in the face because obviously the catches catch can from the you know my favorite generation of wrestling just to go a little off topic is is that mid 70s uh era of british wrestling world of sport guys yes the world of sport and it's fantastic but i take a lot of that but whereas now you can just punch somebody in the face that's usually the part where you know guys starts getting beat up and then i'm sick of getting beat up so i start punching in the <laughs> face and throwing forearms for myself because i mean they're allowed now but it, it a lot of that is is where you know you see that at the beginning of a lot of my matches yeah and uh do you have a favorite giant haystacks match oh man see i was more into the uh I mean, I like Jackie Paolo, of course, um, Les Kellett, Johnny Saint, Jim Brakes, uh, the the smaller guys. Yeah, Rollerball. And, and the loud guys, too. <laughs> I love loud wrestlers, and I get that a lot. Like, everybody knows when I hip toss, I'm one of DJ's students because I scream when I'm getting hip tossed. <laughs> Not when I hit the mat, but it's in the air. Oh, my God. Boom. But, uh, yeah, it's it's funny. And- um I think, when, you know, how you mentioned that you don't necessarily want to be the one, you know, going out and punching them in the face. That's one of the reasons I really enjoyed the last man standing match from NYCW with Danny Adam. Because, you know, in the match you could tell, especially even when he yelled it, look what I'm making you do. It was a match with a lot of psychology in it, which I really appreciated. Right, right. Uh, that whole build up to that, that match, uh, I mean, Danny was all about, you know, uh, it let's let's do the craziest shit we possibly can and when i put together a match it's it's a story so when me and danny are working together when he's got all these crazy spots and i can be like okay we can put this here to make this make sense 
I don't know how much you break the fourth wall, but I'm shattering the damn thing. I'm sorry. It's fine. But, um, it's fine, man. <laughs> but uh, at, when we put a match together, he's got all these great, crazy ideas that some are too in the crazy category, but they're all great. And I can kind of make them make sense for the match. And that's the best thing you can ask for is two people where you can really work together well enough to put together great matches because you don't always find that chemistry with people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I mean, that was one of my hardest things, I think, was trying to find chemistry with people because, you know, without, you know, putting it any other way, I worked snug. It was just... I love, you know, 90s All Japan fucking King's Road drop you on your head in wrestling. <laughs> and there was people who wanted no part of wrestling me for that sole reason. <laughs> but it was when you could find someone who was willing to work with you and you could really, you know, do something great. That's the best moment when it's all said and done and you're sitting in the back knowing, holy shit, you know, we had a good one. Well, I mean, the problem with that last man standing match, though, I wasn't sitting in the back saying that because I was still upset with myself throwing up two or three minutes into that thing. It, I mean, thanks. It was a weird year for me because toward the middle to end, I started either feeling like I was going to or actually throwing up in, in a match because uh, I learned after it was a, a nerve thing. And it's funny because CJ was saying from the very beginning it was a, a nerve thing. And I was like, a nerve thing? I'm not nervous. I've been wrestling for a year and a half now. To, if anything, I'm more confident. But the the NYCW uh, ring announcer, Eric, he, great dude. He got me back into doing yoga and meditation more. And uh sounds cliche, but really finding myself again. And I'm now I'm better. I'm I'm awesome. I'm in the best shape, maybe even better shape than I was when we finished. And yeah, it's cool. I actually, now knowing that it was a more of a nerve thing, I feel bad because I kind of liked that part of the match because it almost made it seem like you weren't feeling well. And that would have given, you know, Danny an edge of like, oh, well, if he's not feeling good, then I, I already have one up. I just got to keep fucking with him. I like that Paul was able to put that over in commentary. And then I, I just think that works, too, either way. Uh, I was able to get the throwing up involved in the gimmick. Uh, anybody, if I, were, if I were a big body guy, I can't put that over as my gimmick. I can't that off. So that's one of the benefits to being goofy little guy who goes out there and just tries his best every time. If something's wrong with me and you can genuinely see it, that's that's more momentum for me. That that'll, you know, behind me more as opposed to make them think, oh man, this guy this guy sucks. <laughs> and I mean don't necessarily feel bad. I can't tell you how many Sabu matches I've seen where he just crawls over to the side of the ring and throws <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I, I had just taken like a headlock takeover, and, and he goes through ladders with barbed wire wrapped around himself. So yeah, there's a little bit of a difference. <laughs> but but fortunately, I got all that worked out, and uh, I'm I think I'm done throwing up during matches. I'm also pretty done with those crazy matches like that. Like the two matches I really threw up during was that match, and then the. Uh, half-hour-long mayhem match, the triple threat, Iron Man, me, Danny Adam, and Corbin Dan basically killed each other. 
And I, I think I threw up from that. Um, I took the Ushigurushi. It was Ushigushi, and it, you know, uh, that's a whole long story. Uh, <laughs> but the the Ushigurushi in my head hit the back of the chair where it was posted. And so from that moment on, I was like, I'm going to throw up. So I don't know if that was part of the head thing and that nervous about throwing up but i'm done with those scary violent things and i mean i'm i'm just dead up honest i love death matches you know i don't know why because i also love like uwfi and rings and shoot style and then that's the other opposite of the extreme but it, right. it is also one of those things where I, I clearly understand that's not for everyone and if it's not your thing then you shouldn't make it your thing because there's tons of other stuff you can be fantastic at and it just kind of like do things you don't like it's it's just gonna make you not enjoy wrestling or even just enjoy being at that event that night and if you're not having fun there's there's no point to wrestling 100 percent. so at least you you know you know yourself well enough to know okay this ain't my bag i'm just gonna keep doing stuff that is i mean if if the story worked. Like, if I have another feud that needs to blow off and something like that, I mean, I found ways in the match to make sense, make it make sense for me. And and the crowd made that match. Uh, when a spot was coming up, and it, the crowd was ready for it. Like, they said, hey, hit him with a garbage can. I, I was already walking toward it, but that makes it, I can play it off like, wow, you just made me do this? Okay, yeah, I'm going to do the garbage can now. <laughs> Uh, and, and then he's going to dive on me. And, uh, you know, a fan's like, hey, look, the bacon sheet. Grab it and hit him. That was the game plan. But, hey, they helped it. And now I'm high-fiving people because they helped me, you know, win. And and getting the fans involved is, is everything for me. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I feel like that's one of the, the biggest issues right now with, you know, the promotions that are still running is when you don't have that atmosphere it's really taken a piece out of wrestling. I almost wish that they could funnel in sound like from the people watching at home. That would definitely make the atmosphere a little bit better. We were, I, I was having a discussion about that actually. Like we, we were like, yo, if there were like a button where you could like push, you know, for sound or even if they, they put in the, uh, you know, old TV show sound where it's like the, ah, or the, you know, really make it super corny. I would be into that. That might make it better, too. Now, you're one of the few people that I have never heard a person say anything bad about. How does it feel to be viewed in such a positive light? Uh, I mean, I, you know, it's all because of my training and learning from not only CJ, Lance Madewell, but uh, Wolf's, uh, Wolf's wives, CJ's wives, it, have been in the business for so long, had a really good conversation with us, basically teaching us locker room etiquette, uh, everything behind the scenes that you need to know that, you know, you're not going to learn in every wrestling pool. Things about, you know, your girl shouldn't go in the locker room, keep your family, you know, this far back, uh, during the show, all these little things just, uh, have basically taught me, you know, and I, I take even uh, somebody doing criticism that I don't particularly like. If somebody's uh, 
telling me I got to do something completely different, even though 99% of their population thinks I'm doing this completely right. I would sit there for 40 minutes while you tear apart my character and nod, acknowledge you're speaking, and take things into consideration. Even if I'm not really going to use it, I'm going to think, okay, well, maybe I could tweak something this way. But if, you know, again, that's... If if 90% of people think it, something is right, then I'm going to keep it. Yeah, it's usually right. <laughs> there, there are some extreme situations where, you know, it, it's... And a, a lot of it is, I will take any criticism, but if if you're giving it to me in, in uh, a shitty way, and I, I don't want to sound shitty millennial right now, but that's really what I am, uh, I'll take any criticism, just give, give it to me in a positive way, you know, and I can take that, use it, make my care, my wrestling better. Yeah, there's a huge difference between constructive criticism where you can, you know, maybe list some of the things that they feel you're doing wrong, but then also backing it up with, but here's what you do that's really good. You know, why don't we build on that instead of just shitting on you and not giving you anything positive to turn around on? That's that's my biggest thing. Right, right. So, so yeah, to, to answer your question in short, I, I dedicate everything to my training is why I, you know, am viewed and I'm thankful that I'm viewed in, in such a positive way. I mean, one of the biggest compliments I ever got was from Dante Dio when we were all going over this uh, eight-man tag man and button has about ideas and he's, he's asking me why I'm not talking up more. I'm like, dude, still green, bro. And he's like, you got more experience than most guys, right? No, dude. I half me. Yeah, probably a half in the business max. And, and, you know, uh, a lot of people say I don't give myself enough credit, but uh, that's part of why people like me, I think, is the modesty aspect. At least I play it off, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, and being humble is, is, is always a good thing. And there was times where I wasn't, and I regret that. Right, right. And everybody gets that point where they get a big head. I mean, some of my closest friends in the business, you know, I... It, We've all had to take our friends down a peg and be like, yo, chill. You know, you're good. Chill. Get signed by WWE or a contract there and then we'll talk. <laughs> but chill. You know. Uh, yeah. it's <laughs> and, and that's not saying people on the indies aren't good. I'm just saying people get that very, very big ego very, very early in their career. Yeah, and that's more of going to be a detriment to them in the long run than, than anything. No doubt. Now, you had a solid 2019, and it was looking like your 2020 was off to a similar start. I mean, you, you, know, you had beaten former WWE roster members, and you were already having title shots. Uh, do you feel as if this pandemic couldn't have come at a worse time? And do you feel like you were in a stride? Um, I mean, to, to say um, my career was, was going to blast off would be definitely an overstatement. But I was definitely doing bigger things. I was, I was riding more with my buddy Danny to, to different shows and getting booked at different places. So I was... I was really finally starting to uh, get the Guy Sadlowski name out there because at TIW, everybody loves me. I'm one of the 
home crowd kid, homegrown kids, you know. So they they love me for that. NYCW after uh, about a year and a half of you know give us and and they loved me from the very beginning. It was so cool. You know, going into TIW, like all these people, you know, kind of know me. They know who I am. So, of course, they got to cheer for me. Here, these people don't even know me and they're freaking cheering. How cool is that? So, uh, yeah, basically, I was I was really starting to get going. But now I'm I mean, I'm using the time to put together my YouTube show. Uh, this most recent episode was on the Facebook. It's high on wrestling where I just sit around smoking weed for about 15 to 20 minutes and talking about whatever I feel like talking about wrestling wise. And eventually I plan on having guests on there, but uh, I want to do, you know, uh, sitting next to somebody so we can share, you know, the greenery and, (laughs) and use that, you know, as part of the cool part of the show. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just keeping busy, you know, while I can't be wrestling. Yeah, and I feel like it's very smart to keep creating content even though you're not in the ring because you're still keeping your name out there and you're doing it on a platform where it's easy for people to watch you. Everybody has YouTube. Everybody has Facebook. It's not hard to see that you're still out there keeping yourself busy. Absolutely. And and I think once everything, you know, starts back to normal, I think that's going to be something people take into consideration oh is that the, the smoking weed on that youtube show talking <laughs> about whatever the frick yeah let's get him on the show for shits and giggles and then uh i mean that's that's all i really need i need a promoter to just be like all right uh five minutes out there it basically squashed but do some stuff that's all i need because the most entertaining part about guy sadlowski is honestly when i'm getting my ass kicked um it's and it it's my selling point um i i tend to get my ass kicked better than most um (laughs) it's uh you know and it's something about wants you know when you got a new guy coming in the door who knows that he's you know gonna lose a five minute match and he's fully okay with that then you know that's an easy you know easy spot on your roster to fill. Yeah. And it definitely shows you're willing to work, which is the most important thing. Oh yeah. Now, uh, you're a guy who is, you know, all, you know, moving around, as you're saying, you're getting your name out there. And how would you describe the current indie scene within our area? And where do you feel that you lie in that scene? Uh, I mean, it's it's just getting bigger. I mean, continuously, there are more wrestlers coming in than going out. And a lot of times when a wrestler retires, they're, they're going to come back. That's just how it works. Uh, and, and when uh, basically uh, everybody's getting out there, but a lot of people out there are um, that generic and then nothing against uh, you know, there are some of the most generic, beefy guys that I think some of the best wrestlers of all time. But most of the guys are these big, buff, beefy, you know, guys who, you know, uh, they wear the same trunks. I, I've seen uh, same tights, those black and red with the, uh, the scratch marks 800 times on 800 different shows. And, and all these guys look the same 
the the thing about me is I uh, afferent. I mean, uh, a lot of people compare me to the hippie dicky moon, but then they can see us wrestle, and where I do more of a catch as catch can style, he's more of a lucha style. It's where me and Moon are very different. Ag team, just saying, just throwing that idea out there. <laughs> Yeah, and I have seen both of you wrestle, and you're right. It is, it's a totally different style that the two of you use. I can see where people might get that initial comparison idea, but there's a lot of differences at the same time. Right, right. He's a, he's a straight hippie. I'm a bum. Big difference. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that lifestyle. No doubt. Um, now, when the pandemic is over, what are some of the goals you have for the future? Uh, well, NYCW, I've kind of been this lovable baby face since the beginning of time there, since the first show they had. And I've gotten shit on by Danny Adam and the family of freaks, uh, Danny Ravage, uh, a whole bunch of people just going down the list. Uh, and and Guy is going through changes in that company, and he's going to be a little bit different things back to normal. And I'm really stoked about doing something definitely more out there. You know, um, it's, it's my gimmick that's basically myself raised up to 11. We're raising it up to, like, 40. And, and just... Like, the guru of Gonzo Grapple is going to be as Gonzo as it gets. Uh, I already have a little bit of inside knowledge on that that I'm not going to share. But it, uh, from what I've seen and heard, it's it's going to be ridiculous and fantastic at the same time. Uh, I cannot wait. And, and, I mean, the other part of that is just getting myself in different companies i'm as many times as you know i've shown up at landry's uh showed up in russell and holyoke i you know i've gotten booked and uh i mean that i love going there you know and it was like how the berkshire mall used to be where you show up the rain's already set up and you know you just gotta wrestle I love shows like that. I'm lazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ring Crew is definitely the last thing I want to do, ever. <laughs> it, it, it absolutely is. It's it's something that definitely sets me apart, though, where I'm the, the first guy, you know, to, to be grabbing something. And, like, you know, uh, I'm not the kind of guy that can be like, hey, guys, get get to work. But other people seeing me getting ready to work, working from start to finish, gets other people going. And, uh I think that's a lot of why I've earned so much respect from my peers too. Yeah, that's that's definitely a big thing and just, you know, showing that you're all in. Everybody in the business loves seeing people like that. Absolutely. Any promoter will just love love that. All like right. more than most people know. Oh yeah. Uh that's all I got for the wrestling questions. So now are you ready? For some of these random, ridiculous questions that have nothing to do with pro wrestling. I'm pretty stoked about these, actually, so <laughs> let's do it. All right. Um, I told you what my favorite movie was. What's yours? Oh, shit, man. Uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I, gives away some shit, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, this one's always important to me, and everybody should see it coming now. Grape or Strawberry Jelly? 
Okay, so I do see this coming, and I have an alternate answer, and I hope it doesn't displease anybody, but what about apple jelly, man? Like, fucking apple jelly on some toast? Okay. No? Now I have to go on a tangent story. I, uh, one time made this apple pie for Thanksgiving, like everything from scratch, like really went out of my fucking way, like to the point of putting like Applejack in the dough and letting it proof overnight. And one of the ingredients that it asked for was apple jelly. And I went to like fucking price chopper, couldn't find it. Like all these couldn't find it. I could not find fucking apple jelly anywhere. I go to Walmart like a fucking week later. What's staring me in the face? I was pissed. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Apple jelly, man. It's it's if I had to choose between stra- strawberry and grape, it's strawberry. But apple. I will I need to I, I have a, I didn't buy it because I didn't need it and now I'm just bitter, but I do need to try it. Try some apple jelly, man. <laughs> oh. Uh this one, what's the worst band name you've ever heard? The worst band name? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I mean, Danny, whenever we ride to shows together, we're listening to his uh, crazy death metal shit. And, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's given me a slight appreciation for that type of music. But some of the band names that he says, I I can't even tell them to you. I I don't remember them. They're just so ridiculous. It's like... uh, Horn shoved up the cow's ass is is the equivalent. I don't have words for these names, man. That sounds like me uh, when I'm at work. There, there's a couple guys who like you know different metal stuff, but I'm a little more on the uh, extreme side of it. And they'll be talking about bands, and I'll like ask them, "Hey, you know, you ever heard of Space Slug?" And they're like, "Who the <laughs> fuck are these bands?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, they're fucking great. You should look them up." <laughs> All right, uh, this one. What's your least favorite animal? My least favorite animal? Yep. Uh, spiders. Absolutely spiders. 100% fucking spiders, man. <laughs> All right, uh, Disney Jr. or Nick Jr.? Huh. Uh, shit, which one's Paw Patrol on, man? That's Nick That's- Jr. I mean, that was my shit when the kids were a little younger, but now they're a little older and they don't like that. Uh, I was always a Disney kid. I watched Disney growing up, so Disney Junior. All right. I've seen every episode of Puppy Dog Pals at least six times. (laughs) And uh, the last one, what is the creepiest basement you have ever been in and why? Well... All right, so not the creepiest, but it it gets used as the set for so many uh, of the dark, scary gimmick promos of TIWNYCW. I mean, the family of freaks. This is my basement that I'm talking about. I mean, there's there's graffiti on the wall because it's it's an old parsonage, right? So so there were um, kids living here that were not so good. Uh, and so basically, you know, the whole basement has spray paint. It's really weird. But... It's a creepy basement, and uh, Samuel Bolt has filmed promos down there. Oh, there's the big hole in the basement, too. That's, But, yeah, yeah, my basement, pretty creepy. Uh, I'm glad I'm not the only one who just is a random dug-up spot in their basement, so thank you. (laughs) (laughs) 
No problem. And there's there's just no reason for it. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Something to do with the sewage problem. So there was a reason for it, but I've never fixed it. Yeah, it's probably best to leave some things alone. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, I appreciate you being on again. This was a ton of fun. Um, as I was saying, you know, to Benjamin Blackwell and other people, I will be at the next uh, TIW show whenever they're allowed to be running again. And uh, I can't wait to meet you in person and, and be able to hang out. Hell yeah, man. We'll, we'll go behind the uh, club and uh, roll one up and do another one of these. You'll be a guest on my show, High on Wrestling, as a deal. Uh, I actually don't partake, but I'll still be involved. <laughs> you can still come hang out on the show. That's right. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't condone peer pressure. That's right. I just drink a lot of claws. Perfect. You do that, I'll smoke. We'll have a darn good time. <laughs> All right, man. And I, I can't wait to have you on again, too, because I'm sure you're one of the people that we can bring on multiple times to have multiple fun things to talk about oh yeah no doubt brother all right man take it easy and we'll talk to you soon all right take care man bye peace all right everybody that was guy sadlowski and that was a really that was a good one that was a ton of fun he's a, a great guy a fun guy and he's just i like his laid back you know look at life very much like the dude one of my favorite characters to have ever existed uh, as always, you can find uh, him on Facebook. I forgot to throw that part out there. And on YouTube. Just search him up. Watch his High on Wrestling series. Uh, you know, Like the Guy Sadlowski page. Yeah, it's always a good follow. There's always some good stuff to see. And you can watch all, a lot of his matches, especially from TIW and NYCW. Both promotions have all their stuff on their YouTubes for free. It's super easy to watch. And with, right now, there's nothing better to do. Might as well catch up on all the content you can. <laughs> Nothing else is going on. Uh, as always, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Facebook and Instagram is Alone in the Basement. Twitter is AITB Podcast. Uh, as always, thank you to my beautiful, wonderful wife, Shelby. Although I'm a little frustrated right now. For the past two days, I've been trying to get mozzarella sticks. I want mozzarella sticks. And she's just saying, no, you can't have mozzarella sticks. What kind of shit is that? That's not cool. And that's my rant. Uh, and I love all you guys. And I'll see you in a couple days. All right. Love you guys. Bye.